on, I want to hear your worship. Come on, let your worship saturate the atmosphere. We pray for you tonight. Oh, God. Oh, God. Coming up, the movies, the horror movies that Hollywood was putting out was Jason. Y'all remember Friday the 13th? Whenever you heard that, you knew you better get somewhere and start running because here comes Jason with his hockey mask. He could have used any other mask, but that was the 80s. That was the early 90s. That was popping. And so Jason would show up in this hockey mask and we would be like, we would be terrified. I remember video game, a video game had came out and it was a Jason video game. And I was terrified to play that game. Friday 13th scared the mess out of me. And then you had Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, he wouldn't kill you when you were alive and when you were walking out in the open. Freddy Krueger would come after you in your dreams. That scared the mess out of us. We were scared to go to sleep. But nowadays, if this generation was to watch things like Friday the 13th or things like um, Freddy Krueger or even Halloween with Michael Myers, they would be laughing the whole time because to them, it's like, this is a joke. This is unrealistic. A man that has blades on his hands that enters your dreams and is able to kill you in real life. I mean, come on. Uh, Jason Voorhees, he only shows up around the time when you you go camping. I mean, how come wasn't nobody paying attention? It's not a big deal to them. So what Hollywood has done is they've said, okay, let's speak this generation's language. And one thing that this generation is intrigued by is the realm of the spirit. They are into spiritual things. And so you have movies like The Conjuring. You have movies like Insidious that focus on hauntings or focus on possession that's taking place with people. It, focus on, it focuses more on what you cannot see. And people pay big money to go and view this. And so this is what God said to me. God said, when you begin to talk to the people about soul ties, and when you begin to talk to the people about spirit wives and spirit husbands, incubus and succubus spirit, when you begin to talk to them about, uh, about the flesh and what happens when the flesh is uncontrolled, let them know that there is a spirit behind it all. Name what the spirit is and let them know the consequences of what happens to them when this spirit is released into their life. And so we are going to be diving into that tonight at 7 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. That's one hour ahead of Eastern Standard Time. For those of you that are on the Eastern Coast, it is two hours ahead of Central Standard Time. We are going to be diving into all of that, not just tonight, but the entire month of August. And so you definitely don't want to miss that. If you know someone 
If you know someone that needs to hear this, go ahead uh, on tonight, tune in, make sure that you hit that share button and let them know, hey girl, this is what you're dealing with because these type of things, you guys, they exist. There is a reason why the Bible talks about fleeing fornication. There is a reason why the Bible says, do not live according to your flesh, but live according to your spirit because there are things that we open ourselves up to. And so I definitely don't want to spoil it, but you can see that I've definitely been in study. I've definitely been in prayer and I cannot wait to dive over into this on tonight. But today, somebody say today, we are going to be talking once more about Sarah. We, we jumped over into it on last week. Uh, and even for the past few weeks, we've been talking about partnering with God. We've been talking about how to to come, how to cause our prayers to come into alignment with heaven. And when you pray, when you begin to start praying prayers that are in alignment with heaven or, or, or that are in alignment with the heart of the father, that's how you get prayers answered. Could it be that it's not that God does not hear your prayers? It's not that God is not listening to you when you pray, but could it be that your prayers are not being answered because they're too shallow? Could it be that your prayers are not being answered because you are still praying prayers that have to do with you? It's not enough to, to pray the prayer of God prosper me because I want money. No, you have to pray a prayer that says, God, what do you need in the earth? What do you need in my city? What do you need in my nation? Because I want to come into agreement with heaven. I want to partner with you. I want to be the vessel that causes that causes what you need to come to the earth. And so that is exactly what God used Sarah for. I started off by talking about Hannah. Uh, Hannah wanted a son, but God needed a prophet. And so he used her to birth Samuel, which is one of the greatest prophets that we have ever read about in the Old Testament. The Bible says that his words never fell to the ground. And not only was he a prophet in Israel, but he was also a judge in Israel. And not only that, but the Bible says that he was anointed to go and find a king for Israel. Now, remember, the, uh, God never wanted Israel to have a king, but Israel wanted a king. And so the Bible says that he went, he found Saul first, Saul got rejected, then he went and he found David. And when he found David and anointed him as king, the Bible says that God established a covenant through David. The Bible even says that the lineage of Christ, it came through David. And so let me tell you something, whenever you partner with the Lord, whenever you come into agreement with what heaven needs in your city, in your nation, in, in your state, in your life, whenever you come into agreement with this, God always has a plan. And when you come into agreement with this, this plan will always, uh, it will always take place, but it does not, whenever you come into agreement with this, yes, the plan, it takes place, but you have to understand that it's bigger than you because of Samuel, we are still benefiting from David. Because of Samuel's sacrifice, we are still benefiting from David, the one that 
that he found and the one that he anointed. Come on, because of Hannah's sacrifice, we are still benefiting from what she birthed into this earth. Because of Sarah being willing to wait and be patient on the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we read the, the story of Sarah. We read the story of Abraham and Sarah. And we read about their sacrifice and we don't take into consideration how painful and how traumatizing that must have been for her. Because we know that every woman, every woman, what makes us a woman is our womb. Now, okay, I, I hear God on, on so many, so I'm going to take my time on this morning or on this afternoon. What makes us a woman is our womb. Our womb gives us the ability to procreate. It gives us the ability to produce. It gives us the ability to take, to take man's seed and to cultivate it, to produce it and to birth it in the earth. And so when that is, and so when a woman is not able to do this, she is immediately labeled as a barren woman. This is painful because this is something that you were born to do, but yet you can't do it. That is a painful thing. And so Sarah had to go the majority of her life being barren. Same thing with Hannah. Hannah had to go the majority of her life being barren, not being able to produce, but seeing other women around her women that 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 women that have the same thing that she had being able to produce with it do you understand how traumatizing that is do you understand how hurtful that is and so here sarah is she is she's uh, she's given this promise from the lord the lord promises her and her husband that your heir is not going to be a slave in your house come on let me just take a moment right here because i feel the holy ghost uh right here saying to us this afternoon that your barren days are over somebody needs to catch that the days of you not being able to produce anything, they are coming to a violent end. The spirit of God is getting ready to fill your belly, whether if that is uh, uh, your natural womb or whether if that is your spiritual womb, he is getting ready to fill it with something that is going to, that is going to, to cause a shift to take place in the earth. God says to Abraham and Sarah, your heir was not be a slave in your house, but your heir will come from your own seed and it's going to be a son and you're going to name him Isaac. And the Bible says that that uh, Sarah and Abraham, they get this promise, but they have to wait on it. Do you understand uh, the trauma that takes place in our life when we hear God say that this is what I want to birth through you, but you have to wait on that thing to come to pass. In the middle of you waiting, you're thinking, God, is this really going to happen? Come on, somebody talk back to me today. Now, I see that I got some people that's on. Hey, Miss Galia, I see you. Nothing scares them now. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I see you, woman of God. And for the rest of you that are tuned in, welcome, welcome, welcome. 
But do you understand how scary that must have been? Because here's the deal. You have seed, then you have time, and then you have harvest. The time in between the, the sowing of the seed and the waiting on the harvest, in the, the time is where it becomes the most difficult. That's normally the moment where you have to fight doubt, where you have to fight fear, where you have to fight worry. That's the moment where you have to get in the word and you have to engage in the word of God and you have to quote scriptures every morning. There's about 70 scriptures scriptures that I quote on a weekly basis, that I quote on a daily basis. Why? Because I am building up my most holy faith. I am telling my sight, I am telling my flesh, you were not in charge. You do not have authority over me. I am not led by what I see, but I am led by what I hear in my spirit. I am not led by my natural ears. I am not led by my natural sense senses because my natural senses are telling me that this is not going to happen. And so you have to understand that in the time between Sarah hearing the Lord going, the hearing that the Lord is going to give her a son, she had to now wait. And so now what happens in Genesis chapter 16, Sarah says, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Now, let me tell you something about God. It's not that God is selfish, but God is such a businessman. When you are working with business people, they are not going to buy into your idea unless they know that they can get something out of it. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the show uh, Shark Tank, but on the Shark Tank, you have people that are presenting their business ideas. Some of the ideas are like, oh, oh my God, this is incredible. While other ideas are like, oh my God, you need to go back to the think tank because were you high when you were coming up with this? And what ends up happening on the show is as they are presenting their idea, they have five businessmen in front of them that are multi-millionaires that has the ability to change their life. All they need to know is if I buy into your idea, what am I going to get out of it? And so the people, they show up and they say, look, I believe that my company is worth $100,000. And so if you buy into this, I'll give you a 5%. I'll give you, uh, you uh, I'll give you back 5% from the business. So however it goes. And depending on what they offer the businessman, that depends on how many offers they are going to get. And sometimes the businessman they see such a great idea in front of them that they end up uniting, coming together and say, I'll put in this much if you put in this much so that we can get this much out of his company. That's how God is. God will only partner with you or God will only, he will only cause your prayers to come true when he sees that there is something that he can get out of it. And so with Sarah and Abraham, he wanted a nation. Come on. I feel like I feel the Holy Ghost on today. If you have not hit that share button, go ahead, hit that share button. Let's get the word out there. 
God wanted and needed a nation. It started with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve took the bait and they ended up, they ended up falling away. They ended up losing their position in the garden of Eden. So now God then moves on and he says, Hey, I have someone that I can, that I can finally get something done through. And it almost didn't happen because Sarah engaged in toil, trying to make it happen for herself. Isn't it amazing that toil showed up in the garden of Eden? And here we are in Genesis chapter 16 with Abraham and Sarah. And it shows up again with Sarah trying to produce her own miracle because that's what toil is. Toil is the ability to try to produce, try to produce something in your own strength and in your own might without God. This is what happened at the Tower of Babel. They tried to build a tower, a tower and reach heaven and they almost did it and they almost did it based off of their will. But the Bible says that God came down confused their languages and so they were no longer able to work together as one. Toil is a dangerous thing because it is our way as man saying God I don't need you I've got this. But what you have to understand is that God will never produce a life where he is not needed. In every area of your life God is always needed he is always necessary that's why the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord or it says and it says the just shall live by faith. So here Sarah is, she gets involved, she tries to make this thing happen through toil, and the Bible says that it backfires on her greatly. But as I was stating earlier, the reason why God chose Abraham and Sarah is because he wanted a nation. What he started in the Garden of Eden, he ended up causing it to come to pass through Abraham and Sarah. He now births a nation. And here's the thing. When he birthed this nation, at first, it was only for the Israelites. It was their covenant. But God knew that eventually one day I'm going to send my son Jesus in the earth. I'm going to give him the strength to die for all humanity so that even the Gentiles can grab a hold of, can grab a hold of this covenant. And so here we are in 2023, we are benefiting off of Sarah and Abraham's ability to birth a son in the earth. We are benefiting off of their endurance, off of their strength, their, their ability to wait on the Lord. Come on, can I just go ahead and jump to it and say, what is it that God wants to cause nations to benefit from when it comes to you? What is it that God wants to create through you that is going to cause nations to benefit? Come on, because you have to understand that when you partner with heaven, there is something great that will come up out of it. 
See, we think, and we've been taught, unfortunately, in the society that we live in, we've been taught that our prayers are only for us. For some people, you know, your thinking is so small that you only think that, okay, when I do this for the Lord, it's only going to benefit my family. It's only going to benefit my nation. But God has something even bigger in mind. We're talking about partnering with the with the Lord. Let me just get a sip of water and then we're going to get right back into it. And so that is what God wanted to do through Sarah and Abraham. And he ended up doing it. But we I want to talk about something because I'm when I tell you I've been in this story, just like studying this thing out. What made Sarah? Now, the Bible says that Abraham, he was a tither. The Bible says that he, you know, he did right in the Lord's eyes. The Bible says, you know, that he was this great man of God and all this kind of stuff. But what made Sarah make up in her mind that she was going to, that she was going to get the job done without the Lord? I've been, I've been there because here's the thing. This is what I believe. When you go through enough pain and enough letdown, come on, I'm right, I'm right up somebody's alley on this afternoon. When you go through enough pain and enough letdown in your life, this is what happens. Okay, I want to take my time right here. When you go through trauma, when you go through enough pain and enough and enough uh, uh, enough hurt in your life, sometimes it is hard to believe that God wants to birth something big through you. It's hard to believe it because every time that I put my faith out there, every time that I put my hope out there, it didn't go the way that I thought that it was going to go. I explained this to you guys a moment ago. Sarah, who was a woman with a womb, had to go through her whole life, basically. The Bible says that she was in her 90s when she finally gave birth, I believe. I believe she was in her 90s when she finally gave birth to this son. And so she had to go her whole life having let down after let down. I don't know how long her and Abraham were together, but they must have tried to have a child. Can you imagine the pain uh, that they must have gone through have trying to conceive and, and finding out that the conception didn't work and wondering, having to wonder to themselves, what's wrong with us? What is it that we're not doing right? Because that's the way that we think. That's the way that we start to feel as human beings when everybody else is able to do it so quickly and so easily. But the moment that you try to do it uh, and it doesn't work, the first thought that comes to mind is, well, what's wrong with me? How come it's not working for me? How come it works for them, but it doesn't work for me? And so here Sarah is, she's finally hearing God that I'm ready to do this for you, but she is dealing with the fear of letdown. She is dealing with the fear and the thought of, 